want to start off this episode by thanking Bo White for his feature piece and shouting out the show of uh, Don't Think Yourself over at Cosida.com slash Think Your SID Week. You can read that article about what it means to kind of uh, really just be visible and, and what you're willing to do. Um, not only that, but just for yourself and be able to tell your story. Um, and it's, it's really interesting just to see people's perspectives when they receive an email from me. Like I, I've always kind of I've always kind of wondered that a little bit, um, even just uh, just <laughs> just even in future pieces like that. So I, I really do appreciate that both. Thank you very, very much. Um, that being said, guys, it is Thank Your SID Week. I am on the committee for that. So I want to I tweeted something out yesterday from the show account uh, and I will definitely tweet out my own personal um, thanks, my story. Uh, basically how, how I got here, how I, you know, didn't think I was going to get here at all. So, um, be sure to check that out. I want to hear what you guys are doing for this week, uh, who you want to thank, how you're going to thank them. Even if it's just an email, a phone call, my, my plan is to, I think my plan is going to be to, uh, uh, call somebody at least once a day, say thank you to them. Um, I, I work across from somebody who I obviously have to thank very, very much. So, um, that's I guess that's one down, but um, yeah, interested to see what uh, you guys have to say. Any resources you need with the graphics and, and everything like that, different hashtags, uh, different. We've got feature stories going on. I did three video pieces. One will be coming out Friday, I believe. Uh, that's what Barb said. So uh, plenty going on, plenty to be involved with. This I really do enjoy this week. I enjoy doing things for this week, so be sure to check that out, cosida.com slash thank ERSID week. Before we get into today's episode, I want to thank uh, our Patreon supporters. We have had a couple more been added. We have uh, Eric Gibson, Roger Horn, Jay Stansel, Tyler Stotsky, still don't know how to say that, Tyler, and uh, Alec Morgan. Th- those are our new people that have joined. This list is 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 growing, and I, I couldn't be more thankful for that as well. Um, again, we do have a Patreon just to pay for the month-to-month stuff with the show. Uh, we do have tiers of $3 and $5 per tier. So if you're interested in that, you can go to patreon.com slash SIDcast. If you're missing any of these episodes, you can go to SIDcast.substack.com uh, and you can sign up or you can find one of the tweets. We, we, we'll tweet out the newsletter, but like find one of the tweets about the newsletter. You can sign up right there. It costs literally nothing. You literally, all you do is there's no form. All you do is put in your email address right there into the subscribe now button. And uh, you are set to go for basically until the show's for life. So, um, yeah, uh, it's uh, been quite the roller coaster. And, and like I said, I, I appreciate everybody. It's crazy that maybe even six months ago, maybe I thought about doing this, not not even doing this anymore. I thought about shutting this down. And uh, I, I'm I'm just blown away by the support that we're we're receiving uh, here lately. So it's um, different. And again, forever, forever grateful for everything that you guys do. Um, yes, so obviously today we have David Nelson, as as you can see by the title. This is our second guest from Illinois Tech. Uh, David will show what exactly it means to work up a ladder. Um, he was one that knew what an SID was, kind of in high school, what exactly what he wanted to do. Did some presentations on, hey, this is what I want to do in high school. And people are like, what? what did, okay, like that's fine. But like, what is that? You know, um, much about much like you kind of read in Bo's piece, I guess. 
so he talks about that, talks about uh, the influence of his father, um, talks about uh, building up basically his portfolio and getting to where he's at uh, now at Illinois Tech. I won't spoil too much of it. So um, yeah, let's just hop right into it. Today's episode number 166 of SIDcast with David Nelson of the Illinois Tech Scarlet Hawks and uh, his very first taste of sports information and uh, his sport background going up right here on SIDcast. College athletics has always been on my radar as long as I can remember. With my dad being an athletic director at the Division III level at UW-Superior, I was kind of embedded into the athletics uh, space from day one. So um, I've always known what a sports information director was and what they did, but it didn't really catch my interest level until I want to say the 2008-2009 school year. Um, but I'll backtrack a little bit. I mean, I loved sports. I loved hanging around it as practices, um, going to games and being around the guys. Um, that was kind of my escape from everything as a kid. And, you know, from that moment, I always knew that I wanted to be involved with college athletics. And the moment I knew that this was something that I could, I needed in my life was the 99-2000 um, season. Um, when I was traveling with the hockey team, I went on every road trip that season. Um, so, I mean, how many people in third grade can say that they traveled with, with the hockey team for that entire season, every game, all 25 games? Um, that's kind of an experience that I will take with me forever. And we ended up, we ended up advancing to the Frozen Four that year. Um, we, um, the hockey team, men's hockey, I should say, we lost 5-4 in the semifinal game at, uh, against Norwich. Um, and that game-winning goal, I remember where I was sitting and um, everything that transpired going up to that goal. And, you know, it was a heartbreaking moment for me, but that's a season I will never forget. So it was really that season, being in the bus trips, being around the guys, um, really gave me the uh, idea that I needed to be have this in my life forever. So throughout my childhood, I always kind of uh, helped out the hockey teams um, as a manager, stick boy, um, whatever you want to call it. And being on the road with them all the time in every home game um, was something I always looked forward to. Um, Then kind of fast forward back to the 2008-2009 season when um, I got my first taste into the sports information director realm. Um, It was the spring of 08. Um, I started doing the baseball softball stack crew um, because they needed someone to do it at the games. And I kind of, I mean, it comes with a lot of mistakes and I made plenty of them, Um, but that's how you learn. There's no better, um, there's no better teacher than actually doing it. So I kind of taken my bumps and bruises along the way and back. And then my senior year of high school came in 2008, 2009 school year. And I had to do a senior project that revolved around a career or a service learning uh, type of deal. And I chose the career route and I uh, wanted to do sports information because um, I was always intrigued by it. And I mean, mind you, this is a time where like, it wasn't uncommon where you wouldn't see a box score or a score posted until the next day. 
mean, mm -hmm. this is kind of the dark ages as far as like up-to-date content goes. And kind of seeing that transition from beginning to right now is very cool to look back on and knowing that I was kind of a part of it. And I always kind of noticed um, at the hockey games that the box scores at UW-Superior wouldn't get posted until the next day. And I always kind of uh, bugged my father about it. It drove me nuts not seeing that our box score wasn't posted on time. And I always wanted to um, help in that regard. So that's kind of what drew me to the sports information director realm. And I wanted to do my senior project on it, which I did, which revolved around me doing statistics at all the men's and women's hockey games. Um, then kind of giving a presentation on the, uh, the ins and outs of the sports information director uh, position, which was completely different uh, 12 years ago now. I want to, yeah, it's crazy to think about, but um, I did that. And um, that kind of what provoked me to wanting to attend UW Superior as a student. Um, it was, I mean, it was, I mean, ugh. I never applied to any other school. I kind of always knew in the back of my mind that I wanted to attend UW Superior. Um, so I ended up going there for four years and they didn't have a sports information, a full-time sports information director there. So that gave me um, free reign to do a lot of different things. Um, I was handed a laptop on my first day as a student, um, basically being told by my dad, hey, get to work. So it was kind of figuring, <laughs> out, figuring out everything on the fly and um, which was fun. And it came with so many bumps and bruises along the way. and. Uh, you know, this was, I mean, this was 2009. So this was before social media. Um, we just made our Facebook page uh, for the first time that school year. So um, very different at that time, um, but um, it's so fun to look back and see like how much it's changed. Um, you know, I could go on and on about it. So um, took my bumps and bruises along the way. We were in the WIAC at the time, that conference. Um, now they're in the UMAC, but um, how I learned was just basically picking the brains of fellow SIDs around the conference, asking a lot of questions. And um, I really appreciate them being patient with me um, in my development um, in college athletics. Um, so really it was the sport of ice hockey that got me started and then it kind of branched into the other sports. So basketball, softball, um, soccer, um, and those were kind of the core team sports that we had there. I mean, we didn't have football, so that kind of eased my transition a little bit. Um, uh -huh. So um, then I ended up uh, graduating with my bachelor's degree in uh, business management um, in 2013. So that's kind of what got me started into sports information. Yeah, I, I got several things I want to kind of ask you. Just Absolutely. About that, but, Absolutely. Um, but it's like. No, you were one of the few. I've had, a, a, I think I just looked, 163 episodes. That we're going into season four. I don't know why I put S2 on our thing, but we're going into kind of our new format, new new things like that. But we've had 100 and some odd episodes so far. And I would say a handful knew what an SID was in high school. Yes. And even I, that, I was that way yeah. too. Like I had yeah. no idea. Yep. I, always, I thought yeah. that my only way was to be a coach. And I thought that that was it. 
Yeah, that's kind of what I've been gauging from everyone. Um, even from listening to past guests, they had no clue what a sports information director was before they even got to college. So I'm very unique in that regard that mm -hmm. I kind of always knew what what it was and I was I was always intrigued by it. Um, but I wasn't really 100% sure if I wanted to go that route until really my senior year of college. So I really had that broad landscape, the lay of the land of how a college athletic department is ran from a very early age. And, um, you know, 12, 12 years later, I have not missed a single athletic event I was supposed, I'm supposed to work. Um, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I can't picture myself right. doing anything else. Yeah. What's yeah. The, what was it like working for your dad day one of college? Oh, it was fantastic. Um, it was a dream come true. And I, I mean, I'm not exaggerating. I mean, I had the basic knowledge um, even before I got into college about how an athletic department was ran. Um, so, and I've always kind of been a builder, building something from the ground up. That's kind mm -hmm. of what my dad did at UW Superior, building that hockey program from uh, ground zero into uh, a Final Four contender every year in the 1990s. So that's kind of how my mentality of wanting to be a builder um, came about. So and I had to do, I had to do that at UW Superior with the sports information director side of things too, just uh, because they never had a full time sports information director. So doing the little things correctly is very vital. Um, that's kind of how I build my platform. Um, you know, for an example, getting the tweets up. Um, at the same at a, at their specific times, um, making sure everything's posted in a uh, in an orderly fashion, stuff like that, and um, you know, doing those little things correctly will really um, put your foot forward and make you visible. And you know, that's what it's all about. So I had to build that from kind of squares, um, oh, ground zero at UW Superior, mm -hmm. and that's kind of what I had to do here at Illinois Tech as well. So that's kind of the challenge that I embrace. Yeah. I'm kind of the same way. Uh, as you can tell with being the show, I also have a small business and, and everything that I kind of do, I, I make a door for myself and it sounds for like sure. you're kind of the same way. So um, when you're evaluating kind of like opportunities and things like that, how do you take that into consideration uh, with your uh, next career move or next career path? Um you know, it's something that excites me. Like, you just can't be afraid. That's kind of what prepares me for it. You just, you can't be afraid to put your uh, foot forward. And like I said, you can't be afraid of making mistakes because um, part of being a builder is making mistakes early and often. And they kind of become fewer and farther in between as time progresses. And you really have to understand that, um, you know, taking risks. You really have to take risks. And I tell students this all the time. Um, and I want them to make mistakes. I tell them that I want them to um, make as many mistakes as you can because that's how you learn. And that's really how I learned it, um, just coming up through the ranks. Like you really have to take your bumps and bruises and you know, you're gonna, that's gonna come with a lot of uh, negative criticism at times and you're gonna have to take um, negative feedback and you know, really grow from it. So um, it's, that really uh, develops the thick skin that you have to have in this business because like, you know, for an example, a coach, after they do something great, a win for an example, after a big game, congratulations coach, congratulations coach, nice win. Whereas us, when we do something great, we typically don't 
get that positive feedback from the public. Most of our positive, most of our feedback from the public occurs when a mistake happens. Like I spell something wrong, you know, I'll get a text message from five different people. So, um, whereas if I don't make any mistakes, you typically don't hear from anyone. So yeah, if that makes any sense. So that's kind of the opposite, um, from what a coach handles. So like you really need that thick skin in that regard. I think the way that, because I'm a wins and losses guy too. Yeah. Um, I think another kind of feedback that people get and people kind of value a little bit is on social media and, and digital media as well. Sure. Uh, how well did your graphic look? That kind of confirms your graphic design skills. How well did was the story written? How well was that received? That confirms your, your writing skills. So um, I think it is kind of, again, depending on who you are, it's kind of like a danger zone almost sure. that feedback. But as you said, no news is good news a lot of the time. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. When I have a zero inbox on my email, it's like, all right, that that's a good day right there. And that's something you really have to get used to, too. Um, mm-hmm. Not everyone's going to be telling you good job all the time. I mean, it's nice when they do. Um, don't get me wrong, but um, you just have to be prepared for that negative feedback because you're going to be getting that just as much, maybe, if not more than the positive feedback. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It'll it's kind of cuz you want to be told good job sometimes. I think today Absolutely. was the first day. I think today was the first day because we also help with the the university social media. We're in a very unique position here that yeah. I don't really want to get into over air, but Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Um do you know like the big trend right now is everybody cuz you know how the monolith out in the out in the, the desert like Utah or something like that it was a big art piece and it just up and disappeared. Um, and, and a lot of different universities around the country are, you know, photoshopping that onto their campuses. And I was like, we ought to do that. And I think today was the first day that I gave a suggestion. We did it. And I got maybe two or three emails saying, Hey, that was a great post. And we have like zero engagement on it, but Hey, the administration is very happy. I mean, just sometimes you just like to be told good job. Um, when you don't hear that a lot. Yeah. When some people don't hear that a lot, how do you think mentally you can work through that barrier a little bit for some people? Um, you know, that's just going to come with time. It really does. I mean, when I first started as this, um, in this field, um, I took things more personally because I learned very quick with all those mistakes I made from day one. Um, you know, you're going to get those, uh, get that negative feedback from people and you know, they're only trying to help you. They're not Mm -hmm. doing it to kind of bring you down. And that kind of took me a little while to realize. I mean, I was 18 and 19 or 19 at the time. So at that age, you take a lot of things personally. Um, So with age and with time, like it'll come, it really does. And, you know, I kind of let it go one ear and out the other at this point. Mm -hmm. So it's just with experience. Yeah, I agree. Maturity is definitely a a, a big thing with it. Um, yeah, going back to your background here a little bit, yeah. obviously it was time to leave UW-Superior. So yeah. um, what was your options like? You said that it was kind of, you just decided maybe senior year of college that, yes, this is something I wanted to do. Absolutely. So um, what was life like at that time for you? Maybe what were some of your other options that you were looking at? And uh, what was your uh, ultimate landing spot up in uh, South Dakota? 
Well, I always wanted to work in college athletics. That was always in the back of my mind. So I always I wanted to pursue a graduate assistant position. Um, you know, I wanted to be the first one in my family to get a master's degree. So that was kind of the motive behind it a little bit because I always I always like being the first to do something. So um, I was I was uh, pursuing a lot of graduate assistant positions, looking for the right fit, you know. But at the same time, you can't really be picky because at that age, when you're just kind of trying to break in a little bit post undergrad, um, you got to take what you can get just to walk any door that opens to get your foot in the door. So um, I helped out at UW-Superior for an extra year after I graduated in 2013 mm. um, before I accepted the graduate assistant uh, position, sports information position at Black Hill State University in this January of 2015. So I ended up staying one year there um, where I was the primary division NCAA Division II school in the Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference, um, which is very unique conference because it was it's just so widespread geographically. Yeah, hasn't it kind of contracted a little bit now? A little bit, a little bit. Yeah. So um, a lot of your core schools there are in Colorado. So mm-hmm. you got Colorado School of Mines, Regis, UCCS, uh, Colorado Mesa. Then there are a couple outliers that. Mm six hour drive. So at Black Hill State, we had South Dakota School of Mines, which is just a 40 minute drive from us. Then everywhere else was uh, at least six hours. So that kind of allowed me to um, see a little bit of the west, uh, half, western half of the United States a little bit. Um, I visited Colorado for the first time. Um, you know, I like to travel on the road with teams as much as I can. So that's kind of my thing. Being transparent with the athletic teams is very important. And that's kind of a big part of my platform as well, Um, being seen a lot, being seen by the student athletes and making an effort to um, make those connections with them because, uh, you know, it it just really goes a long way. Um, And that's kind of something I began doing at Black Hills State University, um, just traveling with the teams a lot and kind of making myself known. And it was the first time I uh, moved away from home, mind you. I was 23 years old. Um, wait, no, no, no. 24 years old. Then, I mean, first time away from home. So that was a little overwhelming at first. I mean, half, after having lived in uh, Superior, Wisconsin, my entire um, upbringing. So, um, so there was a little adjustment period there. Um, so, I mean, then looking back at it, um, Black Hills, it's a beautiful place to live. Has so many attractions, hiking spots, you name it. And kind of looking back at it, I wish I would have taken advantage of that a little more because, mm. um, you know, um, taking advantage of all the attractions it had to offer. Mount Rushmore um, is another one. Well, I mean, but at the same time, I was, uh, I was very overwhelmed moving for the first time, trying to make a name for myself in my graduate assistant position at Black Hills State, where I was the primary contact for uh, volleyball, basketball, softball, rodeo, while assisting with the other uh, varsity athletic programs. So um, I stayed there for one year. Um, I, re- I really enjoyed it. Um, I took advantage of the attractions a little more that following spring, in 20, following fall, I should say, in 2015. So I did that a little more once I got a- established a little bit. Um, you know, first time away from home. Um, great experience. Stayed there for one year and, uh, you know, 
great memories. Mm -hmm. right, I'm going to ask you one question before we move on to anything sure. else. What is it like being a rodeo SID? Rodeo, I, I really would compare it to a lot of your other individual sports that you deal with. Um, so track, cross country, um, swimming, stuff like that. Um, we hosted one rodeo a year in late May. So um, I attended that. Um, you know, it's kind of the same feel as those individual sports. So, um, you know, just um, Tyro. It's just one you don't really events, hear about but, is yeah. the thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, that well, technically they're a club team there, but oh. we, but we covered them like they were a varsity team. Right, 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 right. It was I very understand. unique. But yeah. um, yeah, it was uh learning all the different events, um, tie roping, um, and that's really the only one I remember to be honest with you. But, <laughs> I've um, been to one yeah. rodeo in my yeah. life. I went to one in Texas, and I can't remember where it was. I remember they were doing a cattle drive. Right down, right down the, sure. right down the road, right down Main Street, whatever it was, and they just went straight to the, straight to the, the, to hell is it? Is it an arena? Like I don't know, like what to call it, but I remember going in there yeah. and and watching a few things, and you know they would just happen so fast, <laughs> and it was just over, and then they were on to the next person, and then that would last a couple of seconds, and then on to the next. It was just, just kind yeah. of a, I liked the uh, the the fast pace of it. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I mean, I, yeah, like I said, I'd compare it to all those other individual sports. It's not much different on our end. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, you mentioned about kind of getting out and exploring a little bit in any stuff yeah. that you're at. I mean, we have a lot of young SIDs that listen to the show. We have a lot of SIDs that, um, have either made moves in the summer due to everything that's going on, or they were forced to make a move. Yeah. or they are planning on making a move. So um, what do you say to those people that like, I mean, you, you said that you wished you had, I mean, what would you say to those who probably are sitting here um, like myself, I guess my fiance yeah. and I are going about an hour and a half tomorrow to Frankenmuth, Michigan, which is a huge wow. Christmas, huge Christmas town. Wow. And uh, we're actually going to go and, and, and explore that a little bit. So what would you say to those um, who were maybe thinking of exploring, maybe, you know, kind of in the same boat you were and a lot of other people were to where they're just trying to, you know, get their footing going. And then all of a sudden a lot of time has passed and they just feel like they, they, they can't. Yeah. My, my advice is just to dive in head first. That's something I wish I would have done a little better, but, um, you know, dive in, um, meet as many people as you can network, mm -hmm. communicate, um, you know, because, um, these are memories you're going to look back at for the rest of your life. So um, dive in and um, make yourself known and kind of di diversify yourself a little bit, you know, and especially in these times now, I mean, it's a great time to kind of learn different skill sets and, um, you know, and kind of just dive in. Right. I, I mean, for, yeah. I think that like, I know for myself, I'm a huge kind of like, I like to try different things. I like to yeah. try different foods. I like to try different beer, wherever we're at. We always got to sure. find a brewery or winery or something like that. Um, I would also say, just ask the people already in your department that have been here a few years, like what's your favorite spot? What's your, where do you go to? What do you do for fun? Absolutely. You know, things like that. And, and don't even be afraid to ask that in the interview. I oh, mean, that sure. kind of like shows that you're invested, sure. like, Hey, what can I do here? Um, sure. 
this is what I like to do. Is this, you know, is this feasible here? I think that that's a good option too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, obviously you stayed at Black Hill State one year. Um, yep. how did we get to Illinois Tech? I mean, you're, you're actually the second well, there, person we, we've interviewed from Illinois Tech. So well, there, what was kind of the filler in between there? Um, well, you know, um, there's another stop between there. So, mm-hmm. um, going back to Black Hill State, I ended up uh, finishing my master's degree in 2017. Um, so two summers later, kind of took my time through it. Um, as I left Black Hill State a year early. Um, but um, the head sports information director there um, at Black Hill State, Ryan Hilgeman, he was great. Um, you know, if I, if I grew, if there, was a, if there was a period in time where I grew the most, a one-year period of time, I should say, it was probably my one year at Black Hill State because um, I moved away for the first time. And that mm-hmm. was really the first time I worked underneath another sports information director who could really push me and who could really make me better. And uh, Ryan Hilgeman, um, who's currently now the assistant AD for communications at Augustana, um, really did that for me. Um, so um, shout out to him. Um, so that was kind of my growth year, um, so to speak. And first time uh, going to school away from home as well. So um, I took a lot out of that year. Um, so fast forward to October of uh, 2015, um, I was kind of browsing through the jobs, um, the job postings there a little bit. And um, it was always a goal of mine to kind of end up kind of in the Midwest. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm scrolling. I'm, at, I'm actually in my car when I see this um, in the parking lot at Black Hill State. I see the job opening for the athletic communication athletic communications manager position at Carthage College. Um, So I kind of jumped at that opportunity knowing it was back in Wisconsin. I'd be closer to home and, you know, all that good stuff. Um, So I ended up having a phone interview there um, at the end of October with Carthage. Um, Then a couple of weeks later in November, I uh, flew out for my on-campus interview. Then, um, and it was like, it, was, it, it took a very, it took a very long time to uh, find out for some reason. Um, <laughs> but it wasn't until like uh, late December, I want to say, that I found out that I got the job at uh, Carthage, and I started there in February, and I ended up uh, staying there for three and a half years. Um, so um, at first, I was the athletic communications manager um, for the first uh, two years and ten months before I took over as the interim assistant AD for communications for my last seven months. Um, so, um, so yeah, stayed there for three and a half years. I covered 12 of the 24 varsity athletic programs. Our, a lot of our teams had a lot of success. Um, so, um, you know, um, three years in kind of things happen. There was a lot of change happening at the top. Mm-hmm. at the top of the uh, hierarchy of command, so to speak. Um, we had a new athletic director, a new president, and um, a new uh, VP for communications all within a nine-month span. Wow. Um, because at Carthage, we reported to the um, uni- uh, marketing and communications department, um, which is very unique for me because I always reported to the athletic department. So you Yeah, I've heard that. of that yep. situation before, but I've heard – 
it's very few and far between. I think when I was doing my GA for the year, we did it very briefly for some reason. It was it's a, yeah. it is a very unique relationship, I should say. Yeah, it's uh, very unique, and both have their pros and cons um, in their own regard. Like, for an example, like um, reporting to uh, the athletic department. Like, I feel like you have more of a free reign to kind of uh, do things the way you want to have your own vision towards um, your own office. Um, whereas with uh, reporting to the marketing communications department, like you have a lot of guidelines to follow, but I feel like they have more, there's more support within your budget. I feel like they kind of support you and your wants and needs when it comes to your budget a little a little bit more in my experience. Um, so I guess I, I don't prefer one or the other. They're just both very different um, in their pros and cons. So, yeah. So it sounds like you kind of, you stepped up the ladder. You're very yeah. patient. So um, very what would patient. you say to those that try to, that like maybe have a hard time with patience at all? I mean, you obviously, you took your time which yeah, for sure. y'all have plenty of, plenty of it. Um, yep. So yeah, what would you say to those and what, how would you say you kind of worked through the, uh, the mentality of that? Would you say, you know, you just really got to trust the process. And I mean, that sounds really cliche, but that's really, um, that's really what it comes down to, um, you know, and being loyal. I always tell myself that if you can stay at a spot for at least three years that you are, you're doing just that you are being loyal to the people that took a chance on you. So, I mean, in my opinion, I didn't want to be that person that kind of jumped from job to job one year here, one year there, mm -hmm. just because um, that just doesn't really show a whole lot of loyalty in my opinion. So I always kind of make it a point to uh, commit to every place that gives me a chance. And to, in order to do that, you really have to be patient, patient and trust the process a little more. So, um, you know, it is what it is. Um, but, you know, loyalty isn't always a two way street. I mean, that's a really harsh reality to live by. Um, mm. So, I mean, you really, I mean, I learned that you got to keep that in mind. I mean, um, you know, I was at Carthage for, I was the, I was the athletic communications manager. So basically what I was, was the assistant SID there for that um, first almost three years there um, before I, was bumped up to the interim assistant AD for communications, you know? And to be honest with you, David, um, I knew things were prob weren't probably gonna work out in my favor, um, you know? Just a lot of the signs were there. And, um, you know, I mean, I could elaborate on a lot of things that I, that um, a, a lot of my feelings I had, but, you know, I just, for some reason, I knew it wasn't gonna be. and. You know, in the back of my mind, it was like, if I want to keep staying here and being, keep staying here and being unhappy, like, no one wants that. No one wants to stay mm -hmm. at a place that they're really not wanted, um, me included. So that's kind of, I mean, it was very hard. So leaving a place like that is hard. I mean, but at the end of the day, do you want to stay somewhere where you're not wanted? And when you feel like no one is on your, no one is on your side and, no one is rooting for you. I mean, you, that's a decision you have to make. And that's, a, I mean, and I made that decision. So, um, so that lasted until uh, June of uh, 2019. Um, 
so there was a four month gap there between um, Carthage and where I'm right now at Illinois Tech. So mm-hmm. um, I kind of, I knew I wanted to take a break a little bit, which I did. Um, I used the rest of that summer to kind of step back and kind of reflect on what I really wanted and, you know, um, kind of recover for, from everything that happened in that school year because it wasn't fun, you know. I'm just going to be honest with you. It really wasn't fun. Um, and I've always had fun on this job. I mean, I've had a blast doing it up until that year. So, and I tell students all the time that you're going to have to deal with these things in life, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, no matter what you do and no matter how hard you try, loyalty isn't always a two way street. So, I mean, you can deal with that, um, deal with it head, head first, or really stay at a place you're not really wanted. And that's not something I recommend for anybody. So, I uh, took the rest of that summer off to kind of reevaluate things a little bit. Um, then I kind of started my job search late August, really September um, of 2019. So I had on-campus interviews at, besides Illinois Tech, I had on-campus interviews at three other Division three schools and one Division two school. So. Um, that month and a half in September, October, I was kind of flying around the country, <laughs> um, you know, mm-hmm. um, selling myself before the Illinois Tech uh, opportunity was posted in early October. Um, then I applied for that one day later, then had an inter- phone interview one week later, the second week of October of 2019. Um, that went great before uh I had the on-campus interview Halloween week, that week in, Oct- in October there, before I uh, got the phone call offering me the job first week in November. And I started on November 18th here at Illinois Tech. So I've been here over one year now. It's crazy to think about. I mean, mm-hmm. time flies when you have fun, when you're having fun again on the job. I mean, I mean, I, I yeah, it's a lot of fun and I mean, my first day was November 18th, which is on a Monday. And mm. we had a women's basketball game that day on my first day here. Oh, there you go. On a yeah. Monday. So yeah. with that being said, like how rare is it to have a game on a Monday? Because Monday games are pretty rare in general, combined with the fact that it's your first day on the job. So I start that November 18th, um, you know, Half that morning, I mean, that entire morning was spent in HR doing my paperwork and all that fun stuff. And um, so really, I only had like that afternoon to prepare for the women's basketball game on top of cleaning up the office, um, as you can see here, um, and getting things ready to go. So like I was in panic mode on my first day. Um, So just kind of finding all the laptops where everything was. I mean, there weren't any computers in here. So I was kind of scrambling. I, funny story. There weren't any, there weren't any computers that were working to download NCAA live stats. They weren't, I mean, Mm. I was having trouble downloading everything. Um, So I had to resort to stack crew and I had to quickly find the 32 bit laptop. I had to use my personal credit card as a placeholder to get it all downloaded just in time for the game. So um, that was a really crazy first day for me. Um, But, you know, um, then four months later, the pandemic hit. So I I focused a lot of my time during the shutdown on kind of cleaning up everything, 
mm. getting things ready to go record book wise, cleaning up the website, getting things the way I wanted to, because like, as you, when you start mid season in the middle of a school year, you don't really have time to do all of that. So that really kind of allowed me to kind of take two steps backwards in order before I really wanted to take four steps forward. Because I mean, that's something that, I mean, kind of taking steps backwards is sometimes is sometimes is what you have to do at times before you have to take, take it to the next level. So, um, you know, well, it sounds like we got plenty to adjust here. Absolutely. Um, so there's obviously a lot to kind of go through for everybody, but, um, I hope everybody gets to, uh, to be a rodeo SID someday. That sounds oh, like absolutely. a lot of fun to Dave. Um, Yep. So yeah, let's. Uh, I'd like to transition this part of the interview to where uh, I like to ask some fun questions, if that's all right with sure. you. Yeah. So first one I have for you is uh, favorite memory of your professional tenure. Well, it's a combination of a lot of uh, memories. Um, what I look forward to every year is spring break and traveling with the uh, softball teams. Um, that's kind of that's kind of the one time that I get to uh, bond with uh, the student athletes, kind of get to know them more on a one-on-one -on -one basis because you're really you're spending a lot of time with them um, every day, um, driving a van on a bus, um, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, and kind of spending that one-on-one -on -one time with them is very special to me. And one year in particular um, was when Superior hosted the 2013 NCAA Frozen Four for women's hockey. So I was the team liaison for Elmira College who ended up winning the national championship that year. And, um, so if that weekend happened, then um, the next day I hop, I hop on a plane to go to spring break with my softball team. So um, it's fortunate that I get to do that every year. It's something I look forward to. So, I mean, doing that is probably, I'd say, is my best memory of uh, my professional tenure. What about on the other side? What's your biggest horror story, if you have one? Well, yeah, there's, uh, I mean, nothing. Your first day? Yeah, absolutely. My first day here, first day here, first day at Superior, you, you name it. But um, I'd say like, I've had plenty of uh, moments where a computer shut down on me in the middle of a game. Um, but most recently, um, this happened, it didn't shut down. But um, at, here at Illinois Tech, it was a game, women's basketball game in early December, we were playing um, MSOE. And um, I was getting the stack crew ready for uh, the game and I go to type like 15 minutes before the game, I go to type something and a bunch of symbols are coming up, a bunch of gibberish, you know? So, um, so I was kind of scrambling. I was like, what the heck is going on here? Like, why, why is it typing like a bunch of gibberish on my keypad? Like for an example, like I push R and like a trademark symbol comes up. So it was like a setting. Um, yeah, yeah, it was, it was like wingdings. So, yeah. Yeah. So out of all the times for it to happen, it happens like, you know, 15 minutes before a game, but like, so yeah, I was scrambling. Um, and I, I, I couldn't figure out and figure it out until halftime. So, you know, um, but it was like a sticky key setting. Like I, it was sticky keys. Like, so I had to like, I had to like uncheck the, uh, sticky key setting. Um, which I've never even heard of before um, this happened to me, you know. So it's just one of those deals where it's just like you think you've seen it all, but no, you really haven't. But 
but before that, there have been plenty of uh, times where a computer shut down on me in the middle of a game. Like, you know, it's a blessing in disguise because, like, I can handle it, having experienced it a lot. So, yeah. 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 Um, what's one thing you're uh, interested in to learn more about in this profession? You know, I mean, it's uh, it's not so much learning. It's having the understanding that it's much more than the X's and O's of the position, mm -hmm. whether it's writing, graphic design, photography, live streaming, and those specific skill sets and getting good at them, which is very important. Don't get me wrong. It's very important. But like, it's much more than that. It's transparency, being transparent with your student athletes, with your staff members and your coworkers is very important. And doing those little things correctly, walking to their office and asking them how their day is going. You know, I make it a point every day to um, get up, go to everyone's office and just have a conversation with them. You know, doing those little things, going to the cafeteria and uh, having lunch there. Um, that's a good way to have your student athletes see you. Um, just doing all those stuff like that um, really makes a huge difference. And, um, you know, and kind of going outside the box that way and not being just stuck in your office kind of in the zone because like, and having people skills as well. I mean, people skills is something that's not talked enough about in my opinion. It's more so the specific skills on um, whether it's graphic design, writing, you name it, like a lot of that stuff is talked about, but like the people skills is very overshadowed in my opinion, you know, and you could be, you could be the greatest SID in the world, but I, honestly, if you don't have those people skills, like you're just going to get eaten alive. And, um, that goes with every leadership position, in my opinion. Um, you really have to have those people skills goes a long way. Absolutely. Yep. Um, when you're not in the office, uh, what are you out doing? I go to a lot of movies. So people think I'm crazy when I say this, but I go to the movie theater maybe twice, two, three times a week. Um, hmm. You know, I love the movie theater. You know, I'm always torn whether I get popcorn or nachos at a the movie theater. So, <laughs> uh, uh, but um, and that just goes to show you that you really have to find hobbies that aren't related to work because you're just you're just, in my opinion, you're just burning yourself out more without really even knowing it. Um, you know, so I always try to find hobbies outside of work that aren't related to work. Um, whether it's uh, going out for a run, going to the movie theater, you know, um, because like you really have to satisfy your craving for what you do at work and not outside of work. Because when you do that, when you satisfy that craving, your love for sports outside of work, then work really is just work to me. Like it's just not fun anymore. So I make it a point to satisfy that craving while I'm at work, if that makes any sense. Because no, um, yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's really what's kept me going. And I mean, 12 years later, I've never missed an athletic event I was supposed to work. So, you know, <laughs> it's helped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, next time somebody's in Chicago, what's your restaurant or bar recommendation? Oh, hands down, Rico Benes. So that's, I'd say that's six blocks from campus, right across the highway there. Um, best Italian food you can have. 
Um, my go-to there is the meatball sub with fries and it's very affordable too. Um, very affordable for what the quality of food that you're getting. So um, Rico Benes, without a doubt. Gotcha. Yep. Um, if anybody had any questions with you, wanted to follow up with you, what would be the best way to do it? Um, well, my Twitter handle is uh, at David Nelson 35. Um, and my, obviously the best way to um, get a hold of me is through email um, at dnelson11 at iit.edu. Um, you know, I've, I'd love to hear from you guys, you know, um, being a one man shop at a division three school, you don't really get much of that conversation in regards to like SID related stuff, you know, just because you're a one man shop and, you know, you don't have anyone to relate to on that level. So, um, I'd love to hear from you guys and get a conversation brewing. So get a hold of me anytime. Awesome. Well, David, thank you very much for coming on. We all really do appreciate it. Thank you, David. Thanks for having me.